Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Chaz. David Scales, Chess Smith for the Grit. Back. Back. Back for more. You know, for our subscriptions, no longer accepting Bitcoin because of its environmental damage. <sighs> Cash only. That is so sad to hear. I know. Kelly Slater's sad too. Exactly. Kelly well, Slater's. He's happy that we're not accepting it. I think I think Kelly was playing a he's playing a fast and loose game here. Kelly is trying to oh my gosh. out Musk Musk. You're right, he is. He totally is. With he's his trying market. To drop- Yep, with his market manipulations. The wise and grand Kelly Slater. I didn't even think about Puppet that. Puppet master, he totally is. Such a kook. <laughs> um, all right, we'll get into it that in a minute. There's other stuff to catch up on. Are we taking Dogecoin? I think we should. Yeah. How do you feel about Doge? I love Doge. Do you? Yeah. I got a Doge position. Do you really? Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what price did you buy in it? I bought Doge in at I think 55. So I'm, 55 cents. Yeah, so I'm down, but down short term. I'm a diamond hand, a Doge coin holder. Um, <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Uh, so did you listen to the dailies episode on Doge? I didn't. This last week? No. I think it was on Monday. So the, the title of the episode was an interview with a Dogecoin millionaire. Yeah. I'm like, wow, this is going to be fascinating, right? Sure. God, it was the cringiest episode ever. Because the guy was cringy? Yes. The guy was so dumb. It was an advertisement, really, against Doge because how dumb this guy was. Was He He wasn't the inventor of Doge. No, he was not. One he, of those is Australian. Did you know that? Mm-mm. Does that make you more interested in Dogecoin? It's no. half Australian. It's no. basically the beach grit of <laughs> cryptocurrencies. <laughs> <laughs> the the these microphones are made in Australia, by the way. Nice. I know. I noticed that just today. Um, so they do give the backstory for how it was invented, why it was invented. It was essentially a meme coin. Yep. Obviously, um, never meant to be taken seriously. Just yep. like a complete send up of crypto. Sure. Right. But in the crazy world we live in, it's serious. Memes are real life. Like art reflects life. It's almost the most accurate depiction of memes. Life. Memes are more real now than anything. Totally. I mean, and that's the, we've talked about it on the show. All a currency needs to be a currency is have faith behind it. Right. Mm-hmm. Which Doge has. That's all the cash is. And Doge has been resilient, but back to the, back to the cringe. What made him cringe? Um, he took out a quarter of a million dollars in debt, in loan, like yep. borrowed a quarter of a million dollars, yep. put it all into Doge. What did he, what did he? Four cents. Oh, so he's, he's still laughing. He bought it at four cents. Yep. When they recorded the interview, it was worth $1.8 million. Yep. 
And by the time the interview was published, it was down to about 1.2 million. Yep. But at the end, after explaining all of it, like, and by the way, this guy is cringy just because how, how dumb he is. Like ultimately. But he's not that dumb if he not bought Doge at four cents. Well. Pretty smart. By the end, right. Well, by the end of the episode, they're like, so did you take out, you know, um, your initial investment to pay it back? And he's like, no. I'm letting not, it ride. Not at all. Like, I'm in this for the, like, we are going to be buying groceries with Do Doge in the future. This will be the currency that lasts. And, you know, if you would have told somebody to take their money off the table when Bitcoin went to $1,000, if they bought in at a dollar and it went to, when it went to 1000 if you would have taken their, told them to take their money off the table, you would have sounded smart at that time. But now you would regret that decision, you know, when it was trading at 60000 at the time. And so I'm staying in this thing for the long haul. You guys thinking because it's up to 50 cents or whatever it was, um, what is it now? I think it's down to four. Last time I checked, it's like f mid 40s. I think it got to 75. It maybe? got to 75. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, if you would have, you know, told me to get out at 75 cents, this thing's going to $60,000. To the you moon. Yeah, you guys are crazy, you know? And they're like, no, you... you're a millionaire. On, you could be a millionaire in real life, not just on paper. If you take out... Ha just take out a million. And he's just like, no, you guys are stupid. I'm in, I'm in with the doge guy. Okay. You got to listen to him. Cousin, cousin, Dan, my cousin, Danny, the, the bank robber mm -hmm. finishing. I just got the edits back for the book. Oh man. Talk about creative paranoia. Digging back into the edits of a book is terrifying. But anyway, uh, cousin Danny, you know, he was my cousin, Danny, for those who don't know, famous ish bank robber. Uh, what's his claim to fame as a bank robber? I mean, hitting so stinking many he went he robbed 19 in like six weeks in southern california and then went on the lamb and robbed an untold many more in uh while on the lamb uh across the western united states so anyhow you know to get when he's on the lamb you got to get fake ids you got to do this kind of stuff so he would buy you know bitcoin and all that and so i talked to him on the phone recently and said cousin dan uh, do you have like a whole cache of Bitcoin somewhere? He said, I wish like I uh, bought a bunch. I think he bought a bunch for like a buck when Bitcoin was $1. Uh, and when it went to a thousand dollars, he, Ooh, this is amazing. So right. sold, sold it all. And so, yeah, so that would be doge dude. Exactly. Yeah. So when I say this guy's cringy, it's not because of his, ideology sure. or like his he, he philosophy. was just he was just cringy well he's so dumb you listen yeah. to him talk and you're just like god this guy's dumb and then it makes me realize this is the society that we're living in we've created a society wherein the dumbest people can do something very very stupid take out a quarter of a million dollars and buy a meme stock a meme a meme, a meme. A meme stock yeah. and become a millionaire yeah over, I mean, ultimately almost overnight. Sure. His wasn't waiting years. It was a couple of months. Like yeah. I think he held it for two or three months where it didn't really move. And he was like, oh, you know, he was un uncertain about what would happen. But um, this is the society we're living in. And they're so dumb that they don't even know the exit either. Except the problem is, I've talked about it on this show, the circle, right? Where anything is circular. You get so masculine you lift so many weights and get so ripped that you basically become feminine right in terms of how like your fastidiousness well, you, care self-care yes, exactly. all this kind you're of stuff you're so obsessed about vanity. totally yeah. uh you are so dumb in your investment strategy that you back right into being smart
Well, it's working for him thus far. Yeah, we'll see what saying. happens. That's Let Doge play out. It ain't gonna and it ain't gonna drop down to below four cents. It's not gonna it's not gonna crumble entirely, I don't think. And it's, it's not easily good. How? There's an I think there's enough people now where it could go down to twenty cents and now, you know, maybe he but still you're up what, four if you bought in at four, you're up to twenty cents. That's a that's a, a huge fine return on investment. You look at your whatever Charles Schwab account or whatever, the yeah. thing doesn't really move yeah. by comparison. Like if you're looking for that dopamine hit, you go and you look at your Charles Schwab and you're like, lame. Well, and then you look, you open up your coin app and you're just like, oh my gosh, so exciting. No, terrible. Oh did, my gosh. Did you see uh, yesterday Bitcoin dove and rebounded 30% in, in one day. day. And so it went down 30% and then back up. So imagine you're really on it, bought at the bought the dip, in one day, you bought the 30% dip and then we're up 30% at the end of the day. I mean, if it if your position is large enough, that's enough to buy a home, sell, like- If you bought the dip the, the at market, 30 down and sold out at the end of the day at 30 up, that's a, who can make 30% well, in a day? If you look at the market cap on Bitcoin, it's fluctuating more in a day than the entire value of- FedEx as a company. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like crazy well-established companies. These things used to take 50 years to happen. It's They're now happening in a day. So much fun. That's because why it's all a joke. The the problem is Kelly Slater. I know. Okay. So or are we're we really gonna, are we gonna pivot not, back not, to Kelly? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Because okay. I do want to do some due diligence real quickly. Um so shout out to Album Surfboards. Thank you for hosting us. Fine place. Father's uh, Day's coming up. Come on in, get oh, your dad a surfboard. Right. Come on in. I think it's like three weeks out. Shoot. Get your dad a, quick. a leather jacket, some sand. They have everything. Slides. Yeah, leather slides. They got everything that the dad wants. This is at a album surfboard. dad. Yeah. Dad, like. Cool dad. Yeah. Make cool. sure your dad's a cool dad first. Or buy, buy for you your make cool dad cool. friend. Yeah. You can make him cool. Nothing's worse than a dad who's not cool in cool clothes. So he's wearing the album leather jacket, but he has uh, Skechers on. New Balance, yeah. It's unfortunate, Skechers worse, you're right, yeah. <laughs> I, I New Balance has a wide range of shoes. Yeah. They're, they have cool shoes, and then they have the dad white ones, yeah. you know, that you mow the lawn in. Skechers, it's more kind of All limited. the way. <laughs> yeah, it's more, <laughs> they have a more limited range of product. I can't wait till Skechers sponsor the show. Um, <laughs> and we also, speaking of, Father's Day gifts. We have merch in the surfsplendorpodcast.com slash shop store. Get your dad some grit. Yeah. Grit tees, grit hats, make Chaz grit again hat. Um, so go get that. We also have the subscription platform set up, which we do not accept cryptocurrency on. But, Yet. but as a thank you for those who subscribe, we're giving away a surfboard this month. You know what else we're going to do next week? The skate. Finally getting around to giving away the, the finest shred. skateboard on our. It looks based on the wheel it looks like you took it for a spin i did take it for a spin was it totally fun it is incredible yeah it is incredible the trucks it's a little bit loose for my liking to be honest i'm a little bit scared on it but it's super fast smooth um incredible construction in terms of quality but the real thing that i need to tell you about is it's called shred skate co because it's made from shred from surfboard shred so if this um deck looks like familiar like fiberglass and resin. It is actually made from used, recycled, everything that came out of surfboard manufacturing, recycled into this um, skateboard deck. So the guy, Marcelo, who makes them or who conceived of them, uh, worked at 
Hayden Shapes, Lost Surfboards, Pure Glass. Um, he, I think he actually currently works at Earth Technologies, E-Tech, which is Ryan Harris's mm-hmm. surfboard brand. And so Ryan runs that zero waste surfboard factory. And previously they were taking the shred and making little coasters and knickknacky things with it. And they realized there's probably a better, you know, a better way to kind of, or a better product they can make. And so Marcelo had been conceiving of this concept for a while. And um, so they're using E-Tech's waste to make shred skates. And uh, we're going to give one away. So I'm going to post it on Instagram. Follow Shred Skate and tag three people on their side on their post. How are you going to, does the winner have to subscribe? Yes. So the winner, they're going to pick a winner. And if you are a subscriber, if you are a subscriber who tagged three of your friends in their post, they're going to pick one of those people and we're going to announce them next week on this show. Fantastic. So yes, the one qualifier is you have to be a subscriber of our network, supporting us for five bucks a month. Surfboards, skateboards, merch. Dude, we're giving away, this skateboard is valued at $300, 300 and more. I think it's actually 395, but they have lesser models. Um, It is no small value. It is an amazing skateboard, the highest quality. What else could a father want? Exactly. And the va- the surfboard we're giving away is valued at a thousand bucks. We're doing that on June 1st. Was that surfboard in your car? No. Mm. That's a new one. Okay. I get lots of surfboards yeah. nowadays. Sweet. I can't talk about the one in the car yet. Okay. Because that'll come in a couple of months. Great. But yes, we will be giving that one away too. Um, so anyways, if you aren't already a subscriber, you can still get in. So subscribe today while you're hearing this. That'll validate your entry. And then go ahead and follow Shred Skate and tag three of your friends. Boom. Simple as that. Done. Um, and that will tie into some of this crypto conversation and everything. Just in terms of keep it all independent. Let's keep media independent. You subscribing here and supporting our work gives us incredible freedom and latitude to have the conversations that we want to have. Um, and it, I can't overstate that. It's enough to say behind the scenes, me trying to work with sponsors all the time, it is a headache. Yep. It is a lot of work. It is so much legwork for things that ultimately never come together. And inevitably change the conversation, right? Completely. Like if you're in with this brand or this person or this thing or that thing. Inevitably. Then, and you're always, always stepping on toes, always making people vaguely frustrated. And then that game. And even if it's unintentional, you and I will be having a conversation and I start in the back of my head thinking about, oh, which direction? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And back to the thought of um, just wasting time on deals that never come together. That's all time that could be put into content creation. Yep. Could be put into Instagram memes. I've been working on my surf meme game this week. Your surf meme game has been solid this week. Thank you. I've gotten a couple chuckles out of the surf splendor. Thank you. Yeah. It's something my heart has been there for years. I just didn't have the time for it. And I found myself Saturday morning, uh, I went to the gym. Oh, I, I yeah. told you I went to the gym. Yep. And You're I just, gym right now. And now I, I had all this energy. So I get back home and I'm on the sofa and I'm like, why am I so fueled with energy? The gym. And where do I put this energy? Memes. Meme Lord. Yep. So that's what's going on. Um, what else did I have for you to discuss? Oh, Matt Warshaw last week was fun. So great. It's always good it's to always hear good. Matt's, Matt's voice. He's fun. Um, Matt Biolis. Got that cease and desist that we talked about last week? Sure did. Removed. The WSL has removed it. Oh, so he gets to post now. He is now allowed to post. It's funny. I posted two WSL clips, uh, not thinking even about Biolas, uh, but I posted Professor Lenny. 
and I posted, uh, there was one other one. What else did I post? There was two things that, oh, uh, Jordy Smith giving birth to oh, yeah, water yeah, birth yeah, to Wade Carmichael. Amazing clips. I mean, such amazing clips. And I wasn't thinking about it. I wasn't thinking about Biolas. Just thought this is funny. Posted both of them. Uh, had people cease and desist, you know, et cetera, right, right, in the comments. And I was like, oh, do they dare? Do they dare? Right. Because they'll, they'll know it's a story. Totally. Uh, like if they, uh, on these, you know, even stinking Jordy Smith commented on the water birth uh, photo. Like, did he? Yeah. What he, did he say? Like laughing. He said, because I didn't say water birth or something. He, on the post, it was Jordy who said, I gave birth to Wade Carmichael. Ha ha. Something awesome. like that. Yeah. Uh, so all funny, you know, their surfer commenting on it, et cetera, et cetera. And so I was thinking, ooh, you know, obviously it's me. If they send a cease and desist, Biolus was one story or maybe even two stories we got out of that. This will be a solid 10 story run of, you know, WSL cease and desist. Totally. Gate. Totally. Uh, but and, nothing. And once everybody comments on there saying, like acknowledging what's going on, if they then send the cease and desist, uh, I mean, everybody's engaged in the conversation. So I was, uh, but I was thinking for sure they have to now. They've set the precedent with Biolus. There's no way, you know, this is really what they're thinking about. They need to do this in order to monetize, you know, these little clips or whatever. So I was waiting and just cricket, cricket, cricket. And then I thought, okay, they're mailing it. But no, I haven't got one. And now I know why. Yeah. So I did not talk to Biolus, but he posted a story, an Instagram story. And it said exactly that. It was like, hey, I've been told by the WSL I'm now allowed to go ahead and post their, repost their content with no issue. So expect to see more clips of Griffin Colapento or whatever he said. What a, what a weird PR disaster. Like if you're going to... That shows how lack of the vision and the focus that we were talking about. I mean, if you're going to take the PR hit though, they already took the PR hit, right? That's not going to go away by Matt now posting. It just makes them look weak and caving under pressure. They should have obviously never done it in the first place. I mean, and maybe that's what they did. Maybe they, they did it and they said, no, we're holding to our guns. We're going to keep everybody in line, but then realized how they would be sending cease and desists nonstop. Exactly. To, because I mean, uh, yeah, like it would be weird. For, I mean, they would, they would have to have a whole department based on Instagram enforcement of WSL clips. It, this move only validates what we've been saying for a long time. Rudderless. I mean, it's really kind of wild. Yeah. And the thing that I didn't think about on air when we were discussing it last week is they repost other people's content all the time. Yeah. And I'm not talking about eight months ago and they implemented a new policy. I'm talking, I went back one week, less than a week. And they're reposting. And it was, it was reposted stuff from other people. Yeah. And I guarantee they didn't pay those people. For sure. You know, it's just like, how insane how hypocritical, like how, I mean, it but, is, it's ridiculous. But I mean, I can't imagine, uh, again, yeah, nobody talks to anyone there. That's the problem, I think, is that everybody works in their own silo. And so the legal, that went to legal, legal took care of it, where legal should have called in a PR person and said, hey, how how will this play, right? Or or a PR person should have been aware of it, said, hey, maybe not, like Biolis is, you know, one of the bigger shapers, shapes for tons of riders on tour, let's maybe rethink that, you know, with a two bucks he's not going to pay is yeah. going to be a bigger PR nightmare than it's worth. Totally. Um, so that's good news. Um, Kyle Abelli completely failed us last night. The people. I said the people, you know, I'm going to take the blame on myself. I was in bed with the phone 
struggling through Rotnest, I'll be honest. Rotnest is putting me to stinking sleep. This is a total conversation. Yeah. Like I'm feeling it too. I, like there's something off about it. I don't know if the island is cursed. I don't know if it's the, going a bit far. If the WSL like being, I mean, there let's just say there's some issues. There's some issues on the island. I don't think it has anything to do with Rotnest. Does it? Itself. Are you sure? I think it's to do with the... Do you remember when Greg Brady went to Hawaii to surf <laughs> and wore that tiki around his neck? Oh. A lot of bad stuff started happening. Oh, I'm just saying Rotnest has a history here, a dark past that the WSL tried to address by bringing Professor Lenny... Was it Collard? I forget his name. Collard? Collard. Something. Lenny. We'll just call him Professor Lenny. Tried to bring, tried to address it. Professor Lenny went there. Joe Turpel did not go there. And so maybe their performative activism is coming back to bite them, i.e. haunt them with a event that just feels weird. Mm. So there I was in bed. I'd watched as much as I could have. I've watched more of the rottenness than others. Uh, and I was struggling. Yeah. Kyo in the water against Pupo. Uh, I saw Pupo put up a kind of good score and I turned it off. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, I was like, I can't do anymore. I literally, this is, I'm, I need to do this. This is, for all intents and purposes, this is my job right now. Pfft, turned on the crown, got happy. <laughs> well, let me tell you how it ended. Kayo fell apart at the seams. This wasn't, first of all, Miguel was having a banner heat. I mean, and, this and, is Miguel's best performance of the year. Miguel's having a, a sort of a banner year in terms of tour, in terms of his performance. Is he, he even on tour or is he like a replacement? I think he is. I think he's on. Okay. He, he came out of the gate hot as a rook back, yeah, yeah, in, the way back in the day. But I feel like, he, didn't he do well also at Margaret? I don't remember him doing well at Margaret. He, well, he's definitely maybe, done maybe. well all contests at Rottenest. Um, this is his best heat that he's, I've seen him surf this season from memory. Like he came out of the gates, that first wave. Blazing. I, yeah. And I honestly, the volume was down initially and I saw him surf the first wave and I was like, oh, the one you're probably talking about. Yeah. I'm like, oh crap. Yeah. And, but it was only like a four point ride. Sure. It wasn't that And great. I was like, wow, Score that, I think he might've got underscored, but then each wave he got, he kind of, I think he ended up with like a seven and an eight. But my disappointment in Kayo here is he still could have won that heat. He lost it mentally. You yeah. watched him collapse mentally. It was like he picked a crappy wave and then he got a good wave that was a short ride and he had two sick backside turns. And I thought, okay, cool. He's fighting back. And from that was all that he ended up getting. And he mentally just kind of, I think Miguel got another big score after that. And so then Kayo, it was just a loss. And he went for some lame backside, like, like blow tail that you could tell was half hardened. It was a crappy section. Shouldn't have done that. And it's like, he's giving up. He's literally giving up. And there's still 15 minutes on the clock. Yeah. Kayo, like shake it off. Get back in the game. You can do this. You've done this against Kelly. You've done this against John John and you've taken them out. You know, like maybe, what's maybe, happening. Maybe Kayo, maybe Kayo needs a marquee name to go against in order to really bring his A game. Maybe. So, or maybe Rottenest has a problem. So he is Dark infected cloud. by the curse. That's what I'm saying. The whole thing. We all are. Then how did Miguel not get infected? Well, Miguel's, Miguel's uh, on, you know, some people are, some people are immune to the curse a lot like COVID. Yeah. He just didn't, he didn't get infected. 
Mm. It was just bounced off that happy face. Yeah. I feel like Kaya had so much mojo. He should have been not, he should have been immune as well. You never know, man. You never know. But you don't know the way these things work. You don't. Well, so as our relationship with Kaya stands, I'm still standing behind him. Sure. And here's the reason. I've been more invested in these events because of this relationship that we fostered. And you're talking about um, being bored with Rotnest. I'm honestly kind of bored with the whole thing. Like I find myself, I'm forcing myself to watch it because of the job aspect, but I'm not getting nearly the amount of pleasure out of it that I used to. The I'll say, and again, I know we get in trouble, deservedly so for just whinging nonstop about stuff. Uh, I think part of the problem is the curse. The other part is the four stops, uh, in Australia was just a bit too much. The waves. I thought we wanted more mm, and it turns out we don't like, and you don't want more of very similar, right? Like right. let's be honest, Narrabeen, Newcastle. Newcastle and Rottnest are all, of course they're different waves but very similar in terms of how they're being surfed, right? It's like a couple bashes to like kind of an end section finishing thing. Even Margaret for that, you know, I mean, Margaret was a lot bigger and stuff, so was different, but the way they're being surfed is very similar. Yeah. And so we've, we've seen these guys now four events in a row and girls, four events in a row do more or less the same thing Yeah. where it's like, yeah, you know, there's no, like that's what made, the tour fun is that it would move locations, right? Or even in Australia, even when they had three in Australia, right? Would go from Snapper to Bells to Margaret, which were, you know, and especially when Bells would surf at Winky, they were three distinct kind of flavorful waves. This whole Australian like Newcastle or Narrabeen, Newcastle and uh, Rottnest, while the, re, you know, it looks distinctive, it's just like it's a lot of the same surfing. It's a, a lot, lot of, of the waist to chest high surfing, yep. and manufacturing your own speed to yep. do a couple of mediocre maneuvers for a sixes. Well, it's a battle of sixes essentially. Not, and I feel too that the the broadcasting team, there was no lower they could go. I feel they found a level of what I think Long Tom called it syrupy something. I can't remember exactly, but they found some level of like syrup that's over the whole thing. It's just like awful. I mean, Ron Blakey is right there with Joe Trapel now, I feel, in terms of unlistenable. Like Ron and what's his buddy's name? Richie? Yeah, Richie Lovett. Yeah. An unlistenable duo. I like Richie. He's right? fresh to me. And Rabbit's fresh to me as well. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, I know what you're saying and I agree with what you're saying. There's not enough to talk about. That's the other thing. Yeah. And um I haven't even like analyzed my malaise or why it exists. Everything that you're saying is definitely part of it. Because if, when, when they're even going to, uh, much as I hate to say it, Lamore, it'll look different and feel different and maybe fun for a couple heats again. Nah. You don't think so? So over Lamore is a uh, competitive destination. After the Australian leg, you're right. It'll be different. Yeah. But we know exactly what they're going to do on that wave. Where Can you just hear that train in your mind right now? I'll, I'll just tell you who the top five are going to be in the, that event. Philippe. But look at Philippe falling apart at Rotto. 
I know. Philippe falling apart to Liam O'Brien. I know. Great fall, surfing from Liam O'Brien. Great surfing this, from Liam O'Brien, but this was a wave handcrafted for Philippe Toledo, which makes me wonder, Philippe, I always, I thought Philippe for sure, getting into uh, Trestle's, you know, four or five, take out whoever. The way he surfed yesterday made me think, oh, wait, no, he will, he's going to end up third. He will get smashed by both Medina and Idolo surfing like he did yesterday. That's the problem. That's what separates world champs, basically, from everybody else, is that steel mind. No bad mindedness. Yeah. You know, it's like everybody was surfing so mediocrely at Rottnest the first day. It was a difficult wave to figure out. And people, um, it was so crowded in free surfs that people didn't get an opportunity to figure it out in a free surf. Kanoa, Kanoa was really was talking about whinging, was really yeah. whinging about that in his first heat interview. Totally. Uh, and I was thinking, really? Like, I get that uh, it's crowded, all the pros are there and, you know, whatever, like everybody's packed onto that one wave. But if you can't go fight for your wave out there, what are you doing? Like, you're a professional surfer on tour. If you can't go he did. out, he out position, to. out angle, but well, I mean, what? I can't do that because I'm not good, right? Like, <laughs> you're good. What's, how come you cannot, and there's no, I mean, maybe there's a heavy local scene there too. I don't there? think so. I think. Yeah, if it was just the visiting surfers in there, then you're as much blowing as everyone. Go get your waves. Well, that's, so that is what separates the world champs because I guarantee you Gabriel got waves that morning. It was, Gabriel was for sure dropping in on any wave he wanted. Because he doesn't give a crap. Yeah. You know? And so that is what separates. And so you look at. Did, did Kanoa, Kanoa's equal 30. No, he made it. Oh, he he's, is? He's still in it. Okay. Yeah. And um, you look at Felipe's performance at Margaret and you go, wow, that guy's unstoppable. Look how great he's surfing. Fell apart. He is unstoppable in terms of talent, but he's not in terms of steely mindedness. And so, but yeah, you look at wave, the wave pool's coming up. Surf Ranch is the next event. Do we need to run a four, three and a half days worth of surfing contest to t end up with the people that I'm going to tell you right now are going to be in that final. Gabriel Medina, Idolo, Felipe, Griffin Colapinto, and maybe it'll be the the fifth spot, maybe, okay, that. But we don't need three and a half days to figure out who that fifth surfer, whether it's going to be uh, Morgan Sibilic, maybe? I don't know. Kanoa Garashi, maybe? With the wave pool the way it is, you know, I mean, obviously a unique thing. I don't know why they have to have run this, the heat whole thing the, the same way that they do in the ocean, right? Why not just have like single elimination or, I mean, they could change the whole. They have changed it, haven't they? In, is it? In the past, I think they did. I think when they did the Surf Ranch Pro, or it wasn't Surf Ranch Pro, when they did like the sort of test event, yeah. that had a new format. Future Classic. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. That had a different format, but I think now it's just standard format. It's like. Everybody, sir. I mean, in terms of, you know, they each get whatever it is, one left and one right. Yeah, but that's different. But I could be wrong. I think that one left and one right go into your score, your yeah. final score. Yes. Right. I mean, that's so different. in the ocean. That's different. But, but, in, but in terms of, I think it's the same way, though, still that they have the seeding round, then right, they have right, the right, whatever, right. then they have, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they did change entirely. Yeah. But I don't know either. But either way, it's all, all to say that these events, looking at the at them coming up 
they feel like a burden to watch at this point for me personally. I feel like it's part of my workload now. I used to really enjoy like, oh man, I can't wait till that's on because I'm going to be watching pipe while I'm working throughout the day. Now it feels like oh, I have to pay attention to this thing to make sure I have all the updates. Well, imagine the run here though, too. We've got, so we've had four and let's be charitable and call them less than amazing. There's was some amazing days, but. Well, Margaret had a couple. Yeah, Margaret had a couple amazing days, but let's say less than stellar days going to Surf Ranch, which is certainly less than stellar. And then on to Tokyo, which will be as quoted in Reuters today, small and funky waves. So it's really a run of bad surf has been for a long time, will be as far as the eye can see. Well, in hindsight, it'll all be chalked up to it was coming out of COVID, COVID year and yeah. give us some grace, Yeah, which I think is um, an understandable position to take, but it doesn't factor in the fact that we could have been running boat trips in Indonesia right now. Do you think if, if we would have done it? I th so the bit of insight I have from World Surf League HQ in Santa Monica is they feel like we moved mountains and made a miracle. And this Australian leg has basically been a miracle. Like that's, it, it one, is, that's a PR spin. Yeah. But do you think if they were real honest, would they look back and say, why did we push so hard for four? I mean, I know now essentially in Australia, it is their tourism board advertisements, right? Come visit blank is yeah. why you have a, Tour, uh, why you have a stop there. So it's not about interesting viewing or anything else, but purely from a interesting viewing, you'd think they would have think, look back and say, we should have just done three. Like four was a bit much. No, I think, um, I think they can justify the decision that they made and it'll all look good kind of in hindsight, but it's not acknowledging a couple of key moments where the reason why sunset did not run is because WSL staff, including the CEO, got COVID at Pipeline and they had to lock, they had to close that event and they canceled all future events. They would not have canceled those future events if that COVID contraction and spread did not happen. Yep. Right? Sure. So they shot themselves in the foot, created their own cancellation for the future events, which again, you can't blame somebody for catching COVID. I'm not blaming them for catching COVID. I'm just at the time, the decision to go to pipe was very questionable. It was a dubious proposition from the get-go. And they rolled the dice and made and ended up having to cancel some of the events because of the risky choice. I mean, I don't even think the and choice was that risky. I think the way they like look, and I suppose everything, again, you said it, hindsight 2020, but like when you're running a bubble thing, you run it as lean as possible. And the people who got COVID were entirely tangential and did not need to be there. Eric I don't Logan, know who else got COVID other than the CEO. I know. I know who the original, the first typhoid you know, Mary was. You have a rumor of who no, it is. I know. I have fact. Okay. Ain't going to tell it. Yeah, no, it's not not right. Take, <laughs> taking this one to the grave. But it well, is funny. I, I also don't. Yeah, no. That person didn't need to be there either, though. So, okay. So the only reason we're running in marginal surf is because of that yeah. inciting incident, you know, and that'll never come out of HQ, obviously. And there's nobody in surf, in the surf world who has any incentive to actually say that. Uncle Lenny does. Other than us. Yeah. You know what I mean? And again, because we're funded partially by <laughs> subscription dollars. Thank you. Um, so I think there's a lot of 
if there was a different end goal in mind, other than just appealing to the broadest possible market, blah, 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 then we could have been running a leaner tour, not just in terms of support staff, but 10 surfers on a boat trip in Kandui instead of running 32 surfers plus at beach breaks for four months. Derek, Derek Riley in the comment live yesterday during the contest got in, uh, said he was sleeping and then, you know, popped in like, I don't know. I was almost out at that point. It was like later night. Uh, and said something like, I can't believe that we were still, it feels like we've been watching this for days and mm-hmm. we're in the round of 32. And not only does it feel like we were, we actually were like hours. I mean, I watched again. Oh, I guess we didn't talk about it. Uh, but the first day of Rottenest, I had it on all day. I think I watched seven of the nine hours, really watching it too, like actually sitting there and, you know, doing other stuff, but sitting with the computer on in front of me watching and felt exhausted after. I was like, yeah, oof, that is a lot of surfing to watch. And what do you have to say after it? Can you remember a highlight? No. Was there anything dramatic that happened? I remember, I mean, the live comments on Beach Grid are super fun. Like, so it's fun, which is what kept me sitting there kind of, uh, is, you know, you're in this conversation with friends is how it feels. Um, but afterwards, I just felt drained and thought, well, that was a friggin' waste. Yeah. Well, I find myself checking out and the only or the the main part of kind of engagement for me was the Kiowa belly thing. Yeah. Like, cre- and I think and I look back to it like. Co- 2020, where there was no professional surfing and things that we were talking about on this show, like um, stories that we were covering or themes that were developing on the show. And it was. Because we made it fun. You know what I mean? Like whatever we kind of choose to invest our time and energy into, we can make it fun. And so I'm realizing, gosh, we've devoted a bunch of time to discussing the WSL. Do we not need the tour anymore? Is that what you're thinking? we We don't. And the only reason that it had value is because we are creating these themes and isolating these like, oh, this could be fun if we talk about this. And then now I'm invested to follow that storyline for next week. But just on its face... It's freaking not that exciting to watch. It's actually really, really boring to watch. Well, I mean, especially I think this year too, like with John, John gone with, you know, Kelly, I mean, Kelly never goes through obviously, but with him in the water, I, st- I think it's still fun, like to turn on and see Kelly. Like there's very limited reason to watch right now. And you just know the Brazilians are going to crush. Like I, th- I feel that. Liam O'Brien's story is pretty fun. The For a moment. Civilic is fun. That yeah. was great. Yeah, but it's not enough to like really think, oh, like looking at the heat draw, there's not one, where, except for Kyle, where I think I got to watch this one. Yeah. But Kyle, let exactly, us all down. Because we manufactured that sure. too. I mean, we didn't manufacture it, but we were acknowledging sure. his Some, theme. Yeah, exactly. It was great. Moving forward with the Kyle, I think like wrapping the project to belly, right? I mean, let's... We don't have to wrap it, but in terms of it was for, you know, we got him, we got the sticker on the board, we did it. Always proof of concept for me, right? Let's see if we can, as a community, do something. Well, I think the bigger picture thing, I would love to be able to implement this in 2022. Yeah. It will take this much time from now until then to really uh, build it. But what I would love to implement for 2022 is a stock market scenario. Yes. Where... At the beginning of this, where we create a platform, people can throw some money in, 
And you're the amount that a surfer costs to buy their stock is dictated by the market's own kind of by market factors that maybe you and I aren't even, we're certainly not dictating it and maybe we're not even privy to. No, we, for whatever, no, it'd have to be a, a double blind thing. I mean, well, we're not, yeah, the we're market, not dictating. The, the it's all based on people's own yeah. transactions. Yeah. So maybe they, for whatever reason, somebody identified that Liam, o, Liam O'Brien was going to, you know, be a good bet. So they bought him for super cheap. And then yesterday he beats Felipe and all of a sudden now people want his stock and they're going to pay triple what it was yesterday. The problem is that what would, what does somebody get for owning Liam O'Brien, Liam O'Brien's stock? Like if you bet. I think you put real money in. Sure. And you can take real money out. Yeah. So they bought him for 50 cents and then today he's worth five bucks. And there's another user on the platform that wants to buy him for five bucks. And if the one who owns him for 50 cents says, Sure. I'll give it to you and I'll make, I'll take 450 off the table. I'll put that into Gabriel Medina. Like we can build out this platform. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I mean, it's as fun and as serious as Doge. Well, which it, look at look at Doge. It makes billions the, of dollars. The fantasy surfer concept is fun except I think this is a an extension of that that's a little bit more robust and more engaging and actually has like you can actually profit from it, yeah. you know. And it would, again, keep me interested in the events a lot more. Um, so we'll try to conceive of that or actually manufacture it. Um, another comment on Rotnest is just Taj Burrow lost oh. pathetically. We love Taj. This is not a slam on Taj. But Mick did the same exact thing at Newcastle. Or was he in Newcastle or Narrabeen? I think Narrabeen. Okay, right. And so, look, we don't, I don't know that the strategy of incorporating those old timers. And no if you offense. if you want to, though, like, I think there is maybe not a huge appetite, but some sort of appetite for a for a master's division. Yes, like that's if, fine. If there was, you know, if Taj and Mick and Joel and these guys all kind of wanted to, you know, they've been off tour now and thinking, oh, you know, what am I doing? I'm buying and selling beer brands and that's fine enough, but I sure would love to surf a couple heats somewhere. We could have stick in three events a year, you know, master. I think that'd be amazing. Yeah. Doesn't, it would not have to be a whole tour. Just like those guys never even showed the interest in what, trying to compete with the Gabriel Medina's of the world. What did Taj say at the end of his, I think something about not long term wrote it something about not wanting to compete yeah like yeah. hating competing yeah. uh, and or that reminded him how much he hated it or something which is well what what did you think why did you do it then i mean clearly i'm sure the tour is conflated in these guys minds with like that was the best time of my life you know like when you're taj burrow looking back on your life you think oh those tour years were great you're not <laughs> you think i'm sure about some of the funner heats you had where it was just you and one other dude surf surfing pristine waves. Uh, and you think about all the, you know, fun conversations and blah, blah, blah. Then you get pitched out at like Rottenest where the surf's not good. All your buddies aren't there anymore. And you, it's got to feel like, like tarnish even the memories that you had. Does it? I'm sure it doesn't really, but I'm sure when he's in it, I'm sure Taj was thinking could not get out of there fast enough. Yeah. I'm sure he thought this I is agree, yeah. like I'm surfing waves. I don't want to surf waves. I wouldn't surf if this exactly. was, if this was back home, that's the problem. I wouldn't paddle out uh, in front of everyone failing, feeling your own failure, knowing you're failing in front of everyone. Like, you know, um, 
who would have been a fantastic pick, especially at Narrabeen? Not Archbold. Close. Nathan Hedge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> somebody, somebody, a listener commented on that. They're like, the guy is fitter than he's ever been. He's frothing hard. And he was always a frother. And it's like, you're right. That would have been a great pick. There's, it would have been a far better pick. He would have done more in the event. Too. There, I mean, I think I'm all for a master's division. I'm also all for throwing random old dudes in with the new crop at waves where, you know, they're not super high performance. Uh, but uh, yeah, Taj was never going to be the guy who was going to actually go out and fight. No, like, especially in mediocre serve. And then and that was the problem for Mick too, to yeah. be honest. And I mean, Taj shamed, he brought shame upon the Burroughs name for his performance, especially the first day where he just sat and then got, I mean, he stood up on one wave and it was a 0.7, which he should have at the point where he never went. He should have not gone. Scott, he sh he should have yeah. just said, I made a mistake coming here. I'm going to literally sit this entire heat out yeah. and I'll sit my next one out too. Yeah. Just because I don't, I forgot that I don't like this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. Um, enough on rottenness as far as I'm concerned. Oh yeah. Um, See the curse, the curse has infected this podcast <laughs> where we blathered on about something not really worth talking about in a, our, and that we've, we're just rehashing the same opinions we've said a million always times forever. Now yeah. I'm telling you there's a curse to rottenness. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go there. It's beautiful. I, I watch I'm not it and it's I'm a like, bad place. that's, I'm planning my next vacation. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying the whole time. Something off, something off that is infected. Um, I've got a couple of listener emails, but should we do the Kelly's investing advice? Let's do we, Kelly okay. real quick. So Kelly took to Instagram with a very um, opinionated stance on Bitcoin and Elon Musk himself. Savaging Elon Musk. He says, Elon Musk and Tesla Motors proudly bought $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin for around $34,000 in February. Elon comes out this week and says Bitcoin mining is bad for the environment and they dumped their Bitcoin for an estimated $800 million in profit, but he's still pushing Dogecoin, by the way, which is a completely worthless coin. Um, so Elon owns an energy company, but he doesn't understand this stuff before he buys in. He has no problem taking the profits. Does he have an issue with kids mining cobalt in the Democratic Republic of Congo to build batteries? He could probably address and potentially help solve the real energy issues. Um, but it seems the bigger issue for me is that it wouldn't solve any of the Bitcoin problems. I think Elon's board and backers hate crypto and what it's doing to the average investor, and they're pressuring him to put out a statement which they knew would ine inevitably tank Bitcoin. I hope the SEC is taking a look into this, into all of this, and uh, all of those who might be buying Bitcoin today and later in their private accounts. Interesting times, but Elon is bad for crypto. The This is peak Kelly in terms of lack of self-awareness, straight-up hypocrisy, and ignorance. That is the triumvirate that makes peak Kelly. Which part lack is of awareness and which one is hypo hypocritical? So the hypocrisy is, of course, getting after someone for any kind of environmental you know, stance, like where he's saying Elon is against Bitcoin because it is bad for the environment while mining you know, having kids mine cobalt for his batteries. Kelly Slater is building energy sucking wave pools and fully greenwashing it, right? Like, I mean, Kelly is calling somebody's hypocrisy 
as it relates to the environment is not Kelly Slater's place. Like he is, again, called him once, called him twice. The most, it's what got me canceled by Kelly Slater. The most environmentally damaging person on earth, Kelly Slater. So that that's the hypocrisy. The lack of self-awareness uh, is, what's the, the first part is a lack of self-awareness. What does he say at the start again? Let me pull it up. Um, the ignorance is that like asking the SEC to look into this, cryptocurrencies are unregulated marketplaces. Unregulated means not regulated, which means things like Nobody's the Security yeah. and Exchange Commission can't just come in and start looking at it because it's unregulated, Kelly. Um, him, first of all, here's a great comment from Beachgate. Kelly went from the citizen of the world to a denizen of the internet and not very gracefully. <laughs> My goodness. Um, so I, I do love that Kelly oh, it's the best. is impassioned oh, about God. flat earthers and all of Peak this stuff. Kelly is all these, I mean, I, it's fantastic. I say them as their negatives. They're all totally positive. When Kelly mixes lack of self-awareness, hypocrisy, and ignorance in, in his magic cooking pot, it's beautiful what comes out. What, what I found as uh, maybe hypocritical, but also just funny is you and I will talk crap about Kelly without really knowing, obviously, what's going on behind his scenes. Yeah. And so he'll block you or whatever. And I'm sure, um, you know, is uh, not a huge fan of any of the things that we say, but he's doing the exact same thing to Elon Musk. He has no idea. You know idea. what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, hey, whoever these people are that we're just like focused on every day and venerating in certain ways and then studying and criticizing in other ways, like, how could you get mad at your fan slash critique critics? doing it to you and canceling them and blocking them when you're doing the exact same thing to Elon Musk. And by the way, Kelly, everything that you just stated there as, man, I'm really disgruntled about this. I'm indignant about Elon's behavior is so obvious. Elon is doing this purposefully. Yeah. Of course he is fluctuating the market for his own profit and gain and benefit. Like it's clear as day. The So when Kelly first posted that, uh, Derek wrote very funnily about it. Uh, I read it and thought, hmm, what's Kelly? Kelly for sure has a position here. What's Kelly's position? I felt that it was Kelly bought a bunch of Bitcoin. Kelly bought a bunch of Bitcoin and now he's pissed, right? Because he feels like he got outflanked by a bigger celebrity than himself. So then the next day, I, was, I thought, okay, I got to figure out because Kelly's going to back this up. So I kept... I have other ways to get into Kelly Slater's account. So I was in another way on Kelly Slater's account, uh, checking his stories. There it was. Had a meme of some Indian Muslim boy high on a perch smoking a cigarette uh, while a bunch of people were milling down below, other Indian Muslims. Uh, and the, he pulled the meme from somewhere and it was like diamond hand Bitcoin holders looking down at paper-handed MRFers or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and so I thought, hmm, so I had to Google diamond hand. Okay, you know, the, those who bought Bitcoin and aren't selling, like our long-term, long-termers. Like long-term our, Bitcoin investors. Like our Dogecoin friend. He would be a diamond-handed Dogecoin investor, paper-handed, of course, the ones who are in and out, don't like the instability, et cetera, et cetera. So then I thought, aha, here we go. Kelly was initially mad that he his portfolio just got wiped out. Right. Uh, now, had a, had a minute to breathe, and now he thinks... I'm so cool. I'm a tough guy. Like, you can't shake me from my Bitcoin position. I'm I'm a diamond-handed Bitcoin holder. That meme did indicate, 
obviously yeah. the position that he has, but him trying to counter Elon's influence by taking to Instagram to influence the market, he's not gonna he's not gonna counter Elon's influence, period. And what he should be doing is just uh, buying into Elon's manipulation. Like when buy Elon the tanks the stop, buy, buy the dip. Exactly, because it's very evident that that's what Elon is doing. I posted the funniest buy the dip. Did you watch the buy the dip video that I posted? I made it halfway through it. It's very, I mean, I think it's very funny. Just the, yeah. it's a buy the dip. But at the end, which I think is what Kelly is doing, this is probably, that video is probably where Kelly's entire investment strategy in his whole life came from, which is the whole thing is you buy the dip, you buy the dip, you buy the dip. And the person that the, it's just computerized voices, one guy telling another person to buy the dip and the other person saying, but what about these factors? And he just keeps saying, you don't understand what I'm saying by the effing dip, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then the person finally says, oh, I get what you're saying. You buy the dip. And he says, and the other guy's like, yes, the only thing you have to do once you buy the dip is tell all your friends and family <laughs> to buy the dip because then the price will go back up and then you make money off them. All it's to say, so that's what Kelly is trying to do now. So yeah. Kelly got mad about Elon. Instead, Kelly should have just said to his followers, hey guys, let's buy the dip. This is a great opportunity to buy the dip. Kelly, in his lack of self-aware, hypocritical, ignorant way, just savaged Elon. Instead of saying what he should have said to his followers is, what an opportunity we have. Guys, Bitcoin's going down. Get in now, get in now. And totally, uh, it's funny, uh, a friend of Kelly DM'd me um, and said something about uh, he was with Kelly not that long ago and Kelly was just all over crypto telling him to buy, 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 buy. So I bet Kelly bought, no, he probably didn't buy in at the height of the market, but I bet Kelly bought in pretty high. If he's mad about Bitcoin tanking, you know, whatever it tanked, losing 30% of its value means that Kelly bought in within the last year max. Yeah. If you're worried about the 30%, you've bought in year max. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What I love about all of this is, um, and this relates by the way to Warshot last week as well, which who I love and I don't, uh, criticize in any way. This is not meant to sound critical, but he's vilifying Elon on yep. air. Right. And I'm like, well, how do you feel about Bezos? Yeah. You know? And it's like, oh, well his wife works for Amazon, so he can't say anything bad about Bezos. But ultimately, whether it's Warshaw or Kelly, you guys are really um, tethered to these fractional gains. Like, it's not like Warshaw's wife makes him $5 million a year or Kelly's going to make, you know, well, maybe his investment is larger. But it's like these billionaires are fully manipulating you guys who are middle management thinking in like assigning and ascribing your life's value and ideology to this conglomerate who's making billions of dollars off of you. Yeah. You know, it's like when Trump was in office and people are supporting him because they're like, oh, I get $80 more in my paycheck every other week. It's like $80? And you're going to like write off all of your ideology that you grew up with for $80 a week? Like, what is it? It's not worth it. By the way, they're chipping you a little dime so that they can make billions of dollars. Like it's insane. You're suckling at the teat. You're for, just suckling at the teat for a fractional gain in the market. Like it, it's crazy to me. And so, you know, I, I, um, 
laugh at what Elon says and does. And like, I do have some investments that are affected by what he says and does, but it's more just comedy to me. Like, I don't care if he says something that tanks the stock. I don't care because I'm not basing my investment strategy on what he says and does. Well, and if Kelly- And I want the comedy. I like the entertainment. If Kelly did, if Kelly, when Elon Musk said, Tesla's going to take Bitcoin now as payment for cars, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and started really the, or- contributed to the real rush on Bitcoin. If Kelly bought in there and then is pissed when he uh, pulls the plug on it, if Kelly's investment strategy, if he's trying to game what Musk is going to say, then you better friggin' do your homework on the dude a bit better than that. Once he starts pumping doge, you better be short on bit. I feel if you, if that's your, if you're basing stuff on Musk's point on of view. tweets, real quick question. Do you think, Kelly savaging Musk has more to do with Kelly's jealousy that Joe Rogan seemed to like Elon Musk better than he did Kelly Slater on the podcast. Yes, hundred percent. That's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly. I think it's also tarnished Kelly's relationship with Shane Dorian. Ooh. Because Shane. Oh yeah. Loved, loved by Rogan. Yeah. And Kelly's like, I've beat Shane at everything we've ever done in our lives. Except for hunting. Except for being friends with Joe Rogan. Yeah. Kelly doesn't care about hunting, but he cares about being friends with Joe Rogan. That's poor Kelly. Yeah. And now their relationship is tarnished forever. You gonna heard be, it here first. You're, I mean, watch. Kelly's going to start shooting little barbs out to Jackson Dorian. Like, hey, Jackson. Grandson. Godson. Godson. That was a really cool air for like a kid. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, well, I'm loving it. I'm loving Kelly's engagement. Best ever. It really is good. Um, we have a couple of listener emails we should get to. Let's go. I feel like this show's going to run long today. Uh, listener email on Lickamade. Nice. So Rainbow from New Zealand said, I'm just catching up on Friday's show. I figured that Sherbert is the rest of the world's equivalent to Lickamade brand. Are you Sh- familiar with Sherbert? Sherbert ice cream? No. No, what's Sherbert? This is a homemade concoction. He said, here's the recipe. Whoa. It's colorless jelly crystals. Just add kiwi greens for color. Flabbergasted that you didn't introduce. Oh, he's been trying. He's been rallying in my campaigns to make California's state greeting. Fuck you, Chaz Smith. Oh, nice. I like it. Yeah. I like it. When I bring you on the show or introduce you on the show every week, rather than saying we're here with Chaz Smith. Fuck you, Chaz Smith. And he wants everybody whoever greets you to greet you that way. I love it. You know what would, would happen? It would really confuse the Ashen Goggins girlfriend slash wife of the world who would greet me that way too. And then I would just think they were greeting me since that's how everybody greets me. It's the state of California greeting. Great. Um, as submitted by Rainbow. So he said, I'm flabbergasted that you it didn't start using my introduction. Anyways, he gives the recipe. The recipe is one teaspoon citric acid two tablespoons of icing sugar, three tablespoons of jelly crystals, any flavor you like, and one teaspoon of baking soda. What are jelly crystals? I don't know. Is this is this kiwi? Yes. But we can find theoretically jelly crystals. In theory. There's probably a different name for it. In, in we US. need to make this. We need to so make licamate. These are all powdery substances, and all you do is mix them together for five seconds, and then you have this lickable powder. Let's put cocaine in there too. If we're mixing, if we're making our own. What does it do when you lick it? Cocaine? Yeah. I think it just makes your mouth numb. Mm, okay. Um, so thanks for that. Homemade lickamade recipe straight from New Zealand. Got an email about monkey ownership. Nice. Said, just listen to your podcast and had to comment on owning a monkey. 
either as anecdote or a form of therapy for myself. Two years ago, my wife and I moved to the Eastern Cape of South Africa to work for a not-for-profit. We were staying in a rural area surrounded by bush and dirt roads. After a long trip from the UK, we eventually settled in our one-bedroom shack where we were now to call home. On a daily basis for the next two months, we spent our time either chasing monkeys out of the kitchen, bathroom, or hall, or trying to monkey-proof our house. They absolutely destroyed our kitchen, would half-eat fruit and then throw it on the floor, and for some reason they loved eating cereal out of the box. No, no idea why. We even woke up to three monkeys staring into our window just watching us sleep. Freaks. I, I know. I did become very handy with a paintball gun at this time. I can confirm owning a monkey, no barrel. Keep up the good work. Fantastic to know. I mean... We both had instinct on this. Confirmed. Cute as all hell. Freaky. Yeah, freaky. Watching freaky you sleep freaks. indicates a level of freakishness. Odd. Very odd. Yeah. Very odd. Not into it. Good. Yeah. No monkeys. Okay. No monkey business. All right. Good to know. Uh, thanks for that, Dan. Email about vowels, etc. Said, I often enjoy listening to Chaz's rants, especially when he gets worked up and only seems to figure out what he means to say halfway through what he's saying. Yeah, that's like every time. <laughs> Insightful. <Yeah. laughs> um, last week, he was talking about vowel behavior, and I found myself agreeing with him again. Uh, there's another teacher at the school that I teach at. Early in the year, she told me that she was learning to surf. A few weeks later, our school ran a, prof a profile on her on social media, and in it, she mentioned that she likes to spend her time surfing. A month later, I was walking through the staff room, and I heard her talking to someone, telling them about how she was into surfing. Weeks later, I heard her telling somebody else that she's learning to ride a surf skateboard to help her with her surfing. These are literally the only interactions that we've had uh, since the start of the year. In every single one of them, she's talking about how she's learning to surf why does this make me cringe so much it's infuriating it is infuriating does this, it infuriate you yes this is a really interesting topic of conversation i didn't know like i didn't as i was reading it, i was and but then i thought like man on a global scale i hate this too because lauren just presented baby shower uh invitations to me She's like, hey, my mom's planning the baby shower. Which of these invitations do you like? And every one of them. Surf related? Sur she wants to do a surf theme. And I go, well, I don't like any of these because they have surfboards on them. She goes, well, it's to fit the theme. And I'm like, wait, you guys are, and it's baby on board. And I'm like, you guys are doing a surf theme? Is this because I surf? She's like, duh. I'm like, what is happening? You're not there though, right? I'm not going, no. Good. But but I, I was like offended. So yeah. this, is, this is exactly gets at the bigger kind of theme here, which is, why would I feel cringe that you guys are celebrating my surf kind of culture? And or this broad thing that has that does not belong to you in any way, shape, or form. Like but, but my initial instinct was you get rid of the surfboards on the invitations. There's no need for that. I'll tell you. Why are we so cringy about this? Who what's what's this fine list? Luke. Luke. Luke, you, me, anyone who has the cringe when they hear somebody talking about surfing, unless, because if you hear somebody talking about surfing and you know they know what they're talking about, they know, I mean, you know they're a grumpy local, it's cool, right? I'm going to say one part 
of the grumpy local DNA that's necessary is that cringe when you hear somebody who you don't feel deserves to talk about it, talking about it. Or I don't like, want to talk about it. Oh, I guess we talk about it all. That's week all we do. But, but in my real life, no, I don't want keep, to be identified as. You keep your mouth shut. You keep like, your mouth shut yeah. about, I mean, surfing is like Fight Club, I feel. And it the, really and, is. And the crew, the real crew, who I love, and all of this is the fight. You don't talk about surfing. First rule of surfing, you don't talk about surfing. Second rule of surfing, you don't talk about surfing. If you hear somebody talking about surfing and like, really, they don't like, cause two surfers, like in Fight Club, right? Two of the guys with black eyes, if I recall, would be, could be talking about it around the water cool, cooler and then they would shut up when yeah. somebody else came. Yeah. So two Fight Clubbers could talk about Fight Club together. You do not talk about Fight Club. Do not talk 100%. about Surf Club. Like, and it is a club. This is so amazing considering that all we do is talk about surfing. To each other though. If, I know, I know. If there was some value You're right here, though. This I is would, a perfect analogy. This I would is, not talk about it. Yeah. I would say, nope, let's talk about Doge. We're implementing so, this yeah. from now on. This becomes a surf whole club. set of memes yeah. based on Fight Club. Do not talk about surfing. Why First are we rule. so cringy about it? Because as grumpy and grouchy and cantankerous and negative and whiny and whingy as we are, we still love this stinking thing, right? This is the thing that we hold near and dear. And so it's the thing that hurts as silly as that is to say, it's the thing that, that like tenses you up when you feel it's in the wrong hands. Yeah. As silly as it is, you know, I'm only thinking about it as you're talking. So this thought may need to be developed more, but um, I don't want to talk about the most intimate things in my life, period. Like, uh, God, sex is the first thing that comes to mind. There's, I pr could probably come up with more palatable examples <laughs> but <laughs> to use, but there's no way, if you have an amazing experience, whatever it happens to be, there's no way to articulate it. Yeah because it only devalues it. You know, like any version of trying to recreate it through articulation verbally diminishes it and sells it short. And it's just like, you know what? I, I can't even talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Which is probably why don't talk about Fight Club was the first rule of don't talk about Fight Club is because imagine verbally describing physical violence. Then this guy I punched know. this guy in the nose and yeah. blood went everywhere. Like it, it's a words often fall short. It's an experience yep. and there, the experience is immersive and it's visceral and there's all this emotion tied into it. The interconnectedness between your spirit and your physicality, there's no way to verbally and, articulate. And the community, like exactly. the community that you're connected to thing. in this random way that if you say, oh, like if I start talking about my friends on Beach Grit who I comment with, it's like, have you met them? No. Do you call them? No. Do you know anything about them other than what you guys say back and forth on an online blog? And now no. it becomes silly. It's absolutely You answering asinine. all those questions makes your experience completely Dumb. silly. Yep. And so let's just not talk about it. Never. And so we kind of know that if you're waking up early and you're, you know, uh, it's freezing cold, it's December and the swell, there's tons of wind or whatever. You're going through all that effort. Then you're going out there and you're getting a couple of waves to then go into work and discuss it around the water cooler with somebody who doesn't even give a crap diminishes the experience. And so if you hear somebody else talking about it and you know, they're just a weekend warrior on a soft top. Infuriating. It's infuriating. Yeah. 
Luke, you're right to feel that. Yes. Subtly, Luke needs to subtly sabotage this coworker when and where he can. Not by talking about surfing. I don't know how you do it. Yeah, I like it though. he needs to think of a way to subtly sabotage her life. Well, Fight Club did the whole mission, right? Well, I mean, the mission was to, was to take down a uh, credit in the world, but I know, but they, oh, there was multiple prior, prior yeah, to that, leading I mean, up to that, they were just doing acts of violence in the community. I mean, the, and destruction. one of the, one of the funny ones was, uh, remember when they put the, uh, pictures in the airplane yes. with everybody freaking out with the plane crashing instead of everybody being calm. So yeah, Luke can smashing headlights and went in a uh, cars, just walking down the street indiscriminately. Boom. Luke, Luke should go like, right things on this teacher's chalkboard or something like that for the students to see, or, you know, yeah. pass out an assignment to them secretly that they need to do. That is modify her syllabus. Yeah, exactly. With hilarious. Yeah. Luke, that's your job because Luke, we're sending you on a mission. Yep. Your surf club mission. We got to think of a better cause it can't just be called surf club, but there's gotta be something that we call this. Yeah. TBD. Yeah. I'm never good at this part. Yeah. But. We'll figure it out. But I can envision listeners, the bar of soap that says it. Yeah. Listeners, I think this one goes out to listeners. What should the Fight Club version of surfing be? Yeah. All right. Listeners are great at this. Yep. Uh, Luke went on to say, <laughs> on a lighter note, I don't know why I have never heard anyone point out that Jack Robinson's wife, Julia Muniz, looks just like a female version of Gabriel Medina. Their faces are so similar. It's so hard to say that she is beautiful, which she is, when she looks so much like Gabriel Medina. On that topic, I find myself thinking more highly of Gabriel Medina this year. <laughs> he seems so different now. Thanks for battling your way uh, to the end of my rushed ramblings, Luke. Love it. Love it all. Uh, I need to now go look at a side-by-side. -side have you done yet? Yeah, I of, did. did was not it, wrong. Were, are they very similar? Um, they are similar in a way that people from the same culture have similar bone structure, you okay. know, that just happens through Native. evolution. Yeah. yeah. Like genetics. Yeah. Uh, the way that genetics are shared within a population. Um, but he's, she is beautiful. So she's a supermodel. Sure. She's not a supermodel, but she's a Love. model yeah. and she's stunningly beautiful. He's not wrong. Do you want to take time to look it up? No. Okay. Uh, but like they could be brother and sister. He can make an argument for that. But what I think is kind of more telling that Gabriel Medina's stock goes up. Yeah. Like he's yeah. starting to fall in love with Gabriel Medina because secretly like his wording was, um, it is so hard to say that she is beautiful quote or parentheses, which she is when she looks so much like him. I find it hard to say that she's beautiful because I think of her as Gabriel Medina. Very next sentence. On that on that topic I find myself thinking more highly of Gabriel Medina this year. It's perfect. He's getting influenced by her beauty to fall in love with a man. I love it. I know. It's a beautiful surfing moment. It really is. Yeah. It really is. Speaking of Jack Robinson, what a stinking fail is Jack Robinson. It's a disappointment. <sighs> I think we all bestowed greatness upon him. I mean, I think everybody thought he's the Austra Australia's version of John John Florence. Yeah, I felt that way. Yeah. But there's, he is in terms of being a preternatural talent of in, a surfer. In big barreling waves. But competitive surfer is an entirely different thing. The fact and so we were wrong 
to kind of conflate those things like, oh, because this, then we're going to make him this. The real truth is that John John bridged that, that divide, especially in hindsight, is an absolute miracle. John John should not have been able to do that. John John's kind of laconic, you know, go easy, really cares about surfing big waves, doesn't really seem like he would be the type of guy to care about surfing small waves, doesn't seem like the kind of guy to care about heat strategies. John John wants to get two world titles. Yeah. He clearly does care. Uh, and Jack Robinson clearly might, but has not put together any form of competitive ability. Jack has definitely, I don't know that he ever had the desire and drive to win a world title that John John did. He got straight up lucky on his heat yesterday. He deserved to have lost that one. Is he still in the event? I think he won at the, on the last, oh, did he on, really? the, on the Hooter. Yeah. Oh, I, okay. I didn't think that he did. But right. I don't, I wasn't watching Straight up was supposed to lose or should have lost. Yeah. Um, definitely not living up to his potential as a server no. or what we expected of him. But yeah, you know what I mean? Like I think John John from a very young age was destined to be a world champ and but, but believed it in himself. Yeah, but, John, but the fact that he did put it together is impressive. And especially now that he has another ACL or MCL or whatever it is, surgery. Yeah. I mean, we may have, we may have seen John John's whole rise and fall. But it was a it was a good run. If that's if that's what it was. And yeah, it had a couple of chapters. Yeah, winning on sheer talent alone, having to regroup, re-strategize, hire Ross Williams as a coach, and then come back and win based on talent and strategy. Yep. Because you had more formidable foes at that foes at that time. I think that is. But yeah, Jack Robinson. It's a totally different trajectory where he doesn't seem to care that much about the world title. Firstly, and then also just about competitive surfing, like from a young age, I feel like he just really wanted to continue to get barreled at yeah. North Point. Yeah. And like traveling the world and all that, I was like, all right, I'm good enough. I'll do it. But I don't know that he had the same end goal. And that's being reflected through his heat performances now. Um, interesting thought that I had about Julie Mooney, Julie Mooney's looking like Gabriel Medina. Yeah. I feel, and this was related to something you said earlier, but I'm forgetting where the tie in is now. But anyways, like this, um, we're all becoming one sex. I feel mm -hmm. like men are oh, becoming, it's backing in. It's well, things backing it in. Like, cause I looked at her face circle. and I thought she actually has some masculine bone structure. Sure. She has like a really strong jawline and, but there's an, but it's very attractive on her. Right. And then I looked at Gabriel Medina and I go, well, he's got a certain femininity to him. Sure. And so there is this blending this of non-binary sex. Everyone asexual. Yes pronouns only they them when i was a kid very young kid the most masculine of males were the sex symbols right tom Selleck. yes <laughs> <laughs> my grandma loved tom Selleck. um sylvester stallone in rambo yeah arnold schwarzenegger and then within 10 years Leonardo DiCaprio was and Tom Hanks was and they were so effeminate like it was it shifted be like to where the standard of beauty became this kind of more effeminate version of a male and I'm not sure which societal factors influenced that look at look at even today like Timothy Chalamet right which he <laughs> totally. may, as, may as well be a hot babe yeah he could easily be yeah and Robert Pattinson or who yeah. you know like and uh and then on the female side too it's like strength and muscle tone and all of that is a, certainly a sex symbol now. So it's an interesting, his comment there I thought was a more 
kind of global um, observation. Hey, genocide Barbie, Gal Gadot. Who called her Genocide Barbie? I forget. Someone did. You're recently. right. Somebody did. Yeah. <laughs> Why though? Because she's Israeli and oh, I think oh, was pro. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, pro Israel in the genocide Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> um, did we do enough on Ivanka almost cap? decapitating her son last week. I think we just referenced it with Matt Warshaw. We did just reference it. Does it deserve any more? I don't mean it just is what it is, right? Okay. It's like, I loved it. Well, it's great. It's yeah. a great, it's full vow behavior, like funny. Hopefully everyone was scarred from that and I'll never surf again. Hopefully the kid was scarred. Hopefully Ivanka was scarred. Hopefully the kid watching it. Hopefully the instructors who made that happen got fired. Hopefully that was that one event led to multiple, multiple people never surfing again is See, what I can hope. I think it'll just make more people surf. Really? Surfing ending up in mainstream media begets more surfers. I hope. I hope that one, like a mom thought, I'm going to take the kids surfing this year and then thought, never mind. I hope that a dad thought that doesn't look sexy or good. I hope kids thought, I don't want that. I hope there was just, I hope there was a real culling from that image. Okay. I think there's no such thing as bad publicity. And so it only generates more surfing. Except for <sighs> Prince Andrew. Why? <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein. I think if Jeffrey Epstein is part of the publicity. Oh, that's a good point. It can be considered bad publicity. By the way, lots more about Bill Gates in the news this week. It's like fast and furious. Everybody's did, coming out that he was a sexual harasser did, at Microsoft. How much the is... Board, the board ousted him. Yeah. And they did it quietly, apparently. They were like, oh, and they let Bill's kind of say it was on his own volition. But now enough is coming out that they were like, no, his sexual misconduct was, serious. was what drove him out. How much of this uh, is a lawyer play by Melinda's legal team? I don't doubt. I don't know. Like that, I mean, it's a it's crazy that all of a sudden, like the news waves are flooded with Bill Gates being a pervert. Not that he looks a lot like Woody Allen, so I'm not putting nothing past him at all. It's just... How did, how is it all starting to flood in, and maybe it's just that maybe it's. Well, I think that there are disgruntled employees perhaps that are leaking the information. And now that they know that they have some semblance of protection because that yeah. he is in the news and he, he's not going to go sue based on this kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure what their motivation or for their timing would be. When do you think bad stories are going to get uh, are going to start coming out about Melinda? No, because you think Melinda is on the. I have a feeling she straight and narrow. I have a feeling she was protected against some of these stories for a few years, but maybe heard started seeing smoke and realizing maybe where there's smoke, there's fire. But you're gonna there's no boy toy in uh, Melinda Gates's closet, is what I'm saying. I don't know that that's. Because that's neither here nor there. To be honest, there, there, there very well could be. But that's coming out. If I mean, that's fine. I'm not even bothered by that. Like, by the way, let's not conflate those two things. Like, having extramarital affairs are very different than sexual misconduct in the workplace, mm -hmm. or somebody being in the level of position and power that Bill Gates is, and then leveraging that to sleep with people at work. Like, at a certain level of, yes, work. Workplace romances happen. And by the way, he met Melinda at Microsoft and that turned into a marriage. So you can't really vilify that. But at a certain level of power within a company and just a publicly traded company, zip it up. Like you can't sleep with people at work when you're that powerful. The, what do you, you can think, always be miss? What do you think uh, Bill Gates' like flirt game was? Terrible. 
You think he would like bump Terrible. up against girls in the in the cafeteria, Microsoft's cafeteria, and like say inappropriate? I mean, what was his? I guarantee it was awful. I, yeah. I, he had no game. Like, how could he possibly? He never needed to, firstly. Yeah. He never developed it when he was young. And then he had millions of billions of dollars and then just didn't need game. But I guarantee he still tried. Yeah. He still sidled up and like. Tried, tried to make to, small talk. Tried to make a joke. Sexy small talk. Yeah. Are there inappropriate pictures floating around that Bill Gates sent to people? For sure. You think so? For sure. Little snappies in the shower? I think so. Bill Gates. I, I think so. So I think, yeah, if Melinda had an affair at some point throughout the relationship, I would not be surprised at all. But I also don't think that's the same thing as... Being naughty at work. Being well, inappropriate. Yeah. Being criminal. Yeah. Unless unless it was an underling, you know, unless it was somebody in the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation that was looking. So now, okay, yeah. so nobody would have, nobody would have, let's go out on a limb here. Let's take this and run with it a bit. Uh, nobody would have ever thought this about Bill Gates or Melinda Gates two years ago. Nobody on the outside, right? I would have never thought that Bill was. Seemed like a happy couple to me. Yeah, that he was being inappropriate work. What is Mark Zuckerberg doing at work that's going to come out in 25 years? Or is Mark Zuckerberg just riding e-foils, flapping his arms like a condor, being a good boy? Is anybody in that level of power and position a good boy? That's what I'm asking. I don't think they are. So what, like, is, what is Mark doing? Is Mark flirting? Imagine Mark, who has more game, Mark Zuckerberg or Bill Gates? Oh my gosh. I mean, who's the tallest midget? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's it's a hilarious concept to think about. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg must think that, like, because Facebook obviously started with rating girls. So Mark Zuckerberg at some point felt himself in a position to be able to rate girls, right? Yes, which well, because he had, he, he had zero power in that world of being yeah. able to like actually woo a yeah. woman. <laughs> so he had to take to the internet and like, you know, Oof. Um, yeah, no, I, but in terms of misconduct for Zuck, you know, I, I think that males are flawed in that way, period. Right. And uh, just like biologically, right? We just biologically have, flawed. Yeah, like billions and billions of sperm at our disposal that we need to just plant our seed everywhere. There's kind of a biological flaw in the system, right? And then if you have tremendous wealth from a very young age and you're surrounded by yes people and then you create the one of the largest companies that have ever existed on the planet that puts your ego in a position that is just super unhealthy. And I think has these kind of inherent lack of governors built into it to where you just think like Bill Gates never knew he was doing anything wrong yeah. in the workplace, whether whatever inappropriate thing that he did, he just didn't know it was even wrong because his brain is that flawed yeah. because of those kind of artificial things that he has in his life. Absurd amount of wealth, absurd amount of, accolade absurd amount of nobody ever saying no there's just no governors you know that hopefully your parents instill in you when you're young but at a certain point if you have all that other stuff you just forget wow 
I mean, it's a bizarro world to be living in. And then you have all these attorneys and your board for Facebook protecting you at every turn. Thankfully, the Microsoft board probably, you know, at a certain point realized, Say, hey, buddy, well, realized they had a obligation to shareholders and to protect their workplace, you know, <laughs> but it's freaking a crazy thing to think about when nobody's immune. Yeah. Nobody's immune. Yeah. It's crazy. Anyways, I don't know why I'm so fascinated by the Bill and Melinda Gates thing week in and week out. But it's pretty good. It's it's become now a nice anchor for the show. <laughs> it really has. Yeah. We know nothing about it. Nope. It's just so interesting to yep. gossip about it. I know uh, as much about Bill and Melinda Gates, though, as I do about surfing, more or less. So it really is similar. E yeah. So none on both. <laughs> <laughs> nothing on both. All right. Should we go to commercial? Let's do it. All right. Jazz, we're in commercial, and I'm going to let you vamp while I mix this I, beautiful powder. You're making me so jealous. Have you ever done more? We talked about this. Have you done more than one Athletic Greens per day? Rarely. Did you feel twice as good, or what What caused you to do two in one day? Is that I did it in the morning, Yep. and then I love, I've become addicted to a smoothie in the afternoon. Okay, so you just dumped it in the smoothie. And so I love the Athletic Green smoothie. And so I did it in the morning, so I was cleared for the day in terms of my intake. But midday, I wanted a smoothie, and I'm like, I don't want a smoothie without the Athletic Greens, so I'm just going to pour it in there. What kind of product is that? I'll tell you. The perfect product. The one that's good for you that you can't help but double down on. I think so. Did you, uh, get, did you get a new shipment I yesterday? did. I did. It literally came to my house. Uh, daughter Ava said... Uh, you have something. I said, what could it be? I opened it and I was so excited that the family looked at me and said, what is your problem? You have supplements, a health supplement that you are like giddy about. And I said, you guys don't know athletic greens is what I said to them. Make them know it. Yeah. No, I just told Ava, I said, get on it, man. Get on the athletic greens. Got She's an athlete. She could benefit from it. She's gonna. And her life, I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch her career you could next track, year at you could the university of Arizona. See how much better she is. You know where we failed the people? How? By not sending Kaya a shipment of Athletic Greens. See, only if Kaya would have had Athletic Greens. I can't believe I just thought of this. That's a real bummer. Oh, my gosh. You would have taken Pupo down. No problem. Wait, was it Pupo? Yeah. Pupo took him down. I know. But he would have drilled Pupo into the reef, mm. into the rocks there at Rottnest. I apologize to the people. Sorry, I people. Us. I mean... But at least we're helping the people not fail themselves. That's true. Okay. Like Kyle, There's a silver lining. Whatever. Go fail, Kyle. Um, you know where they do it. It's not only athleticgreens.com. It is slash surf. You have to put the slash surf at the end, and that supports our work on this show. You also get, with the slash surf, D12. Vitamin. You know, we spend some time in the sun, so we get some vitamin D, but not everybody does. It's so, or sometimes people live in parts of the world that don't get a lot of sun. Vitamin D is... Very important. I used to think vitamin C was the only thing that mattered, really, at the end of the day. Yeah, vitamin C, you're fine. Vitamin D, it turns out, equally important to vitamin C. Well, the Athletic Greens powder has 75 minerals and nutrients. If you had the vitamin D, that's 76. I mean, you kidding? <laughs> you basically don't need anything else in your entire life. I agree. Uh, you could do bad things, but if you do this, it cancels them out. Athleticgreens.com slash surf. Love it. All right, Chaz, back to the show. Fantastic. Did you use your Athletic Greens uh, take to buy a Rolly? 
Oh, this is this is my old. It was just, uh, uh, yeah, it was broken. It was inoperable. Inoperable. I've had this watch forever. Did you buy it um, at a? Is it a knockoff? No, Did you I, buy it at, off a street vendor. I bought this watch. Uh, would be over ten years ago today. Uh, when I met the wife, and I wanted to buy her a Rolex in her with her birth year. So I bought a 1971 Rolex uh, and put it on before I gave it to her and then accidentally never took it off. Uh, but then, yeah, a couple, maybe a year ago, one of the uh, number dial things got dislodged and then got stuck in the hands. And so I was going to get it repaired, going to get it repaired, going to get it repaired. I just took it into the watch shop the other day and they said, oh man, this thing can't be glued in. It's, you know, it's got to be riveted. We got to take the face off and send it to here and to there and the other thing and blah, 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 blah. And then I love it when an idea goes off in the time, in the moment where, uh, you don't think, wow, why didn't I do that? And then I have to go back and do it again or just forget about it and leave it on the shelf. I thought, oh, bummer. Then I thought, wait, just take that little piece out of there. I'd like, I don't care if my Rolex is I just want it back. And so they just pop the thing out and I have my Rolex. So they, there's no um, time marker at that yeah, position? Yeah, it's just the number... It's uh, missing a m- number? The number five is missing its like little silver bar. I think that's a terrible strategy. Why? You have this uh, masterpiece of Swiss engineering. Sure do. And you're not going to keep it in its best optimal condition? It's like a scar, man. Tells a story. <sighs> Not when you want to resell it. I ain't never going to resell this. That's the thing. Is <laughs> did you keep the time? Did you I keep do. The piece? I have it. Okay. And so someday, someday, if, you want, you if I ever think I got to get this all refurbished back up, and maybe at some point I'll have to have it reserviced. And so, uh, you, how often do you have to reservice watches like that? I did this. I've done it once in the five years, or I'm, I'm sorry, What's in the ten the years. Recommended servicing, like every year or something? No, oh, okay. I don't know what it is, but it. I know, I think it cost me like some stinking expense. It was like 500 bucks or something to reservice. Uh, but it came back working just like, and has worked ever since, even though it got the thing jammed in the hands and I didn't wear it for a year. Right. It's like works. What was it going to cost to have it re-riveted and replaced? It wasn't even the cost of it. It was just like the, uh, I mean, I didn't even get to the cost. I'm sure it would have been, I would have paid. Um, but it was the hassle of it. It was like, I, I had to go to multiple different places to get the thing done. And I was like, no stuff like that. I never get around to. Yeah, of course. So I could have said, okay, thank you. And then yeah. Yeah. Hassle. Um, I love the idea, the birth year for the wife, the vintage Rolex. I like the idea of vintage watches. Mm -hmm. I don't want any of the maintenance problems that you don't have, but you won't have, if you get a Rolex, I mean, they really are fantastic machines. Like it is, yeah, I got a serviced once. All right. Ticks like a champ. Uh, which model is that? It is the, uh, oh man, the Oyster Perpetual Datejust. Gotcha. Yeah. So the thing is, even though it's vintage, it looks exactly like the new one. Sure. It's better. I, I mean, I like the- the charm of the... Not only that, I just like the face diameter size of those years better. I just like the way... I, I like I like not those... giant. Yeah. I hate those giant watches. Giant watches are not cool. Are you thinking about getting a Rolex now? No. You should get a Rolex, uh, the birth date of your daughter. 
I mean, sun. Sun. It's a good, yeah, I mean, it's way too expensive. That's all it comes down to. Got to buy a house. Did you post, you didn't. What? Like a, someone pitching a balloon and hitting it and the powder coming out. Okay. Yeah. I, I, that's why I said daughter. Cause I just watched one today. Like a, a gender was, reveal. It was a gender reveal, thing. but it was kind of a funny one. It was somebody I knew and like a, you know, whatever. It was just like a balloon pitch and the guy hit it and it was pink. That's why I said daughter. Cause I swore for some reason right there. It was you. Nope. Good. Um, all right. So uh, we'll get to Berlin on one second, but we haven't talked about TV in a while. Yeah. Have you been watching mayor of East town on uh, HBO? No, it's fantastic. Dude. What is it? Mayor M A R E. Yeah. I think the lead act it's a uh, Kate Winslet, but I think her name's like Mary Ann. Oh, so okay. she goes by mayor. Yeah. No, I have and not. She's a, a share or a, uh, detective in East town. So it's called mayor of East town. Oh, it's funny. I looked at that stinking, I've seen it. I've passed by it multiple times and just think this looks boring. Nope. This looks boring. This looks boring. This looks boring. Fantastic. Okay. Excited. It's a, um, whodunit kind of detective drama, hour long episodes, and they're doing it week by week. And I think we're halfway through the season now. Great. Four episodes into eight, I think. Uh, but man, it's so good. And then it made me realize I love that genre. And I never watched True Detective. Oh, but everybody, you didn't? everybody loved True Detective. Whoa, stop at number one. Dude. Just do yourself yeah. a favor and never watch more than the first season. I heard that too, but we're now, we're burning through it. How good is it? It is amazing. How good is Matthew McConaughey? Dude, did he win a bunch of awards for that? I must have. Okay. Because yeah. I've been saying the same thing, but I don't want to look up anything online about yeah. it because I might ruin the story. He's, I've said it 10 times throughout the series. The bummer with, uh, True Detective, not a bummer. But remember, I remember watching, and of course this maybe has not aged so well, but um, or The Sixth Sense or whatever, M. Night Shyamalan, where I thought, that movie's amazing. That guy can do no wrong. Has right. never once made a good movie where you realize, oh, he had a good idea. And maybe that good idea is not wasn't even that good in retrospect. But uh, the creator of True Detective, and because he's creator, writer, director, he's yeah. like the whole nine. Uh, you realize, oh, he had one good idea. Yeah. The other true detectives are, the second one is bad. The third one is absolutely unwatchably terrible. Wow. So okay. they get, yeah, and you, I don't see, you don't see them ever peeling back out to a good idea. But the first one, it's all you need. It's freaking ridiculously yeah. good. It's well so acted, good. well written, well directed. Unbelievable Good story, yeah. like creepy, interesting. Phenomenal. Yep. Um, M. Night Shyamalan has a show on Apple called The I Servant. Oh, no. Does it suck as bad as everything else he's ever done? It's terrible. Yeah. So we tried to get into it, and the tone, like his tone is always really good and like draws you in, but the story goes nowhere. He, I mean, he just sucks. It's like, just like all this tension and suspense built for zero. Would you rather have one hit on your, like have put all your creative energy into one thing that did good and, but you knew you were never, ever, ever going to be able to even get close to that again, but you still had to try. Uh, yes. Or would you rather have a string of mediocre, mediocre that built on itself? I feel better in the first scenario. Really? Yeah. I want to hit a Zenith of genius and then be frustrated the rest of my life that I was never able to do it again. Okay. That's not who I am, unfortunately, yeah. but I wish that I was. <laughs> I liked Terrence Malick when it was like he made one film a, every 10 years yeah. for 40 years, you yeah. know, just four films. That's it. And then like your way, and now he's made like 10 films in the last 
four years. Did the exact opposite. Anyways, all right, barrel or nah? Sharing earbuds. We did this last week. I'm going to say barrel when sharing earbuds has really sorted me out or really solved a direct problem uh, like three or four times, which is more direct problems than most things in my life have solved, right? And so talking about Warshaw, Warshaw couldn't deal with the echo coming from both of us having our own devices set up, right? Yeah. Uh, the only way to solve that was put Warshaw on and us to sit together like a married couple. The only way that that would work without fudging up our microphones was to share an earbud. Direct problem solved. I've done it with calls on the wife, with the wife before where like, you know, it's some call that we both couldn't hear, had to have an earbud in. It's awkward. It's weird. You got to sit weird, but solving problems. And justified the means. Exactly. Barrel. I was wildly uncomfortable about it last week when you're like, well, let's just share earbuds. And I like looked at you and I'm thinking this like goes against kind of all of my better judgment. And then I thought about it in this week since I'm like, you know, the ear isn't the most offensive orifice. If you're going to have to like share with somebody that you're not, you know, married to, it's not going to be, I'm not going to share a toothbrush with you. No, nope. there's other things I'm not going to share with you. What could be the worst thing in your ear? And will it then infect my ear? No, nobody. I don't think any, right. any one person, I don't think a disease, I'm no doctor, but I don't think any disease has ever been passed ear to ear. I don't think it has either. Yeah. So on the face, I was really offended by it. And then through like just kind of pragmatic analysis, I just thought, you know what? It's inert. I think your ear is inert. And look at the problem that it solved. And it, we had a podcast with Matt Warshaw. It's we true. could hear him. He heard us. There was no Aver feedback on the microphone. Averted technical difficulty. Yep. All right. Barrel then for yeah. anybody who is ever concerned about this, your earbuds are not. They're fine. Yeah. They're not your private. You're no. Not, you don't need to be. Proprietary uh, about yeah, your earbuds. Exactly. Exactly. Don't be precious about your earbuds. Don't be precious about your ears. Um, barrel or not holding a handgun sideways to shoot it. Ooh. Um, I'm going to say no barrel. I'm going to say no barrel. I'm no firearm expert, but I don't know, like a gun was made to shoot like straight up and down. The manufacturer made it that way. It was designed that way. That's the way it is supposed to be shot. Flipping it. Now we're talking about guns here. Handguns. Handguns, exactly. A lot of things I'm all for stylish flair. But some things were meant to work one way and are best used that way. For example, I'm not going to take my surfboard and do something weird with it. I'm not going to try to ride it sideways because I think that has some stylish flair. Even if that did have stylish flair, if everybody was doing it, look at how cool this is. We can ride these things sideways. You're not doing it right. Uh, yeah, it's really undermining the functionality. Exactly. So some things were meant to be functional. I feel handguns are one of one of those <laughs> things where functionality is why you have it. Yeah. If you're really in a position where you're going to need to pull that trigger, I would want the most accuracy possible. Yeah. And the least potential to get hit in the teeth by my own weapon. Yep. 
you know? Style be damned. When we were growing up, I feel like that was in a lot of movies. People yeah. pulling out the bang, gun, bang, holding bang, the sideways, like, and trying to look tough. Yeah. Often not pulling the trigger, but doing it just to look extra tough if you held it sideways. And as a kid, I just, it never looked cool to me. I thought, that looks so stupid. I feel if I ever had to pull a handgun, the dude I would be is like basically Paul Blart <laughs> with, with a gun. Like, wide stance for it's going to fall out of the holster yeah. before it ever makes it into like a raised position. And then you'll fumble it trying to pick it up and you'll shoot yourself in the foot. You'd really want though, like wide stance for stability, right? You'd want one hand out the other hand, bracing it below like real, yeah, real cop style is how I would want to shoot my handgun. I think, um, if there was a face off and there's one guy holding it sideways and one guy holding it the proper way, 10 times out of 10, the sideways guy gets shot between the eyes. I figured that the guy, if they both squeeze off a round, uh, sideways guy shoots the other guy in like the kind of grazes his torso. Sideways guy gets hit between the eyes. I don't think the bullet even comes near the guy. I think it's off into the woods. <laughs> just like, just like, like takes out a bird. <laughs> Speaking of grazing the guy. That's something that only happens in films. Yeah. And it happens, honestly, more than people actually die from a bullet wound in the movies. Grazed. Lots people of grazing. People get grazed by bullets all the time. And yeah. often the protagonists, you're like, oh, they died. Oh, and no, like, it's grazed their neck. Yeah. Like, what are the odds of a bullet ever grazing you? But just think, imagine, imagine how much space there is that's not you versus exactly. space that's you. But I guess the grazing, I see it's either miss or hit. It's either miss or hit. Yeah. I would say from 10 yards or greater with a pistol, 80% miss, 20% hit, 0% graze. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's the, the, odds, the odds on a graze. Are tiny. Yeah. Tiny. Imagine. Imagine getting grazed. I mean, the odds are you more likely to win the lottery. Would you trust, you and I are, let's say, eight feet. Let's be generous and say 10 feet apart. Yeah. Would you trust the world's greatest marksman? If they said he's going to graze your, uh, let's say neck right here. Right. So if he, if he hits it, like it's serious trouble. Uh, so there's high stakes here. World's greatest marksman, marksman, graze your neck, hundred thousand dollars. No, not, not a hundred thousand. Really? No. 50,000. I'm saying go higher. <laughs> I would not take the risk for a hundred thousand dollars. A quarter of a million dollars. One million dollars. Not 250000 I don't think so, no. Really? No. All day, every day. I would do it for world's greatest marksman. I would take, I would do it for uh, 50 grand. No way. 40 even. Oh my I get talked gosh. into 40. Yeah. To get, to risk getting shot through the neck. Grazed. That's would, what his I, aim, his goal is. World's greatest marksman. Man, I would not do it. Yeah. Um, that Mark Par Matt Parker can shoot a gun good. I'd let Matt Parker graze me for... 60 grand. All right. We'll try to crowdfund this. <laughs> um, all right. So holding a gun sideways, definitely not no barrel. on that barrel or not telling someone to suck it. Barrel. Really? Love it. Yeah. Suck it is awesome. It's totally great because I like the sort of, uh, not necessarily sexual <laughs> connotation with suck it. Cause you can suck anything, right? Like, I mean, if I say suck it to you, it doesn't necessarily imply my penis. <laughs> that's in, that's the origin of, 
that insult. But it could also mean like suck your microphone. No, it doesn't. Why would you tell somebody to suck a microphone? It's <laughs> a terrible thing to suck. This is the most offensive insult ever conceived of that's become common. Suck it. You'll say it to a family member. Yeah. You know, I'll like suck it. Yeah, tell your brother to suck it. Like, why would you ever tell your brother to suck it? That's insane to me. I like I suck it. I don't want to normalize suck it. I'm a, I'm a fan of suck it. My my brother once dropped a uh, sit on it and spin, which I liked that as a... That's an old one. Another version of suck it. In front of your parents? Uh, I can't remember where. Yeah, I don't think so. Maybe. Terrible. Sit. I think he just said sit and spin even. When I, I remember hearing that insult before I even knew what it meant, like yeah. as a kid, just like, or not under, I, I think I understood what it meant, but I didn't have any sexual context. It was just kind of like, that's terrible for your butt. Like that would be so painful. Like, why would you do that? You know? Did and, you ever have a sit and spin as a kid? Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, I did. That's right. They were not very fun. No. Okay. So suck it. You're going barrel. Barrel. Big I'm barrel. Going nah. Love suck it. I want to D- um, normalize suck it. I feel like I've told Kelly Slater to suck it in, in the pages, the August pages of beach grip more than once. I think you should be canceled for that. <laughs> That's a terrible thing to say to him of all the terrible things you've said, telling him to suck it is the worst. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, uh, educational episode. What a show. Thanks to albumsurf.com. Thanks to athleticgreens.com slash surf and subscribe on surfsplinterpodcast.com. Actually, I'll make it easy for you. In your show notes, hyperlink, it's all caps. It says support. It's the very first word in your show notes. Click that. It'll bring you over to the website. You could set up a $5 monthly subscription to support our work so that we could talk about things like sucking it and Bill Gates without risking cancellation. And you can potentially win the shred skateboard next week. We'll announce the winner on the air. Any wives mothers out there listening get your stinking husband a surf splendor subscription for father's day he wins potentially a skateboard a surfboard get him some athletic greens it's a one-stop father's day shop right here that's a great point mm -hmm. this would be a, an amazing father's day gift yep um and so again the rules are support our show and then follow shred skate co and tag three friends in the comments there to help them gain awareness. I'm going to follow shred skate code just to follow. I mean, how beautiful is this? Thing, it's though? gorgeous. You can't even hear the wheels. Gorgeous. Really is an amazing piece of a uh, skateboard recycled Love surfboard it. technology. All right, Chaz until next week. Get barrel. Yeah,